Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is October 24th, 2018, and my guest on the show is Zach Prince. Zach is co-founder and CEO of BlockFi. Uh, BlockFi is a secure non-bank lender that offers US dollar loans to crypto asset owners who collateralize the loan with their crypto assets. BlockFi holds clients Bitcoin and Ether with a registered custodian and issues loans in US dollar to their bank accounts. Zach's uh, prior experience has been in the tech space, initially in ad tech, where he was part of two successful acquisitions, AdMeld, acquired by Google, and Sociomantic, acquired by Dunhumby. Uh, prior to starting BlockFi, he had led business development teams at Orchard Platform, a broker dealer, and RIA in the online lender, lending sector, and Zibi, an online consumer lender. He graduated cum laude from Texas State University with a BA in international business and minor in Spanish. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Angela. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about BlockFi. What are you guys working on? Uh, yeah, sure. So we're basically building out a suite of products for the crypto asset ecosystem primarily focused on the debt and credit side of things. So right now we have uh, one product that's live and it's been in the market since January of this year. And it's the product that you referenced in the intro. It's a US dollar loan backed by Bitcoin, Ether or Litecoin as collateral. And you know, for that product, it's a sector of the crypto market where you're seeing a lot of activity recently, the lending side. And we like to think of ourselves as being, you know, not only the lowest cost provider of U.S. dollar loans backed by crypto assets as collateral, but also the most trustworthy, which is uh, kind of a funny term to mention in the crypto world. But we're the only lender that's backed by institutional investors. And we've got fantastic custody relationships that provide for insurance on the assets that we're storing as collateral. And we're also the only lender that has a bankruptcy remote funding structure, which basically means that if anything ever were to happen to BlockFi the company, we have systems and third parties in place to make sure that all of the terms of our loan agreements are stuck to and that you know everybody gets their uh, collateral back despite what uh, what may happen to BlockFi. So what is the average duration of the loans that you're currently uh, issuing to the uh, people who are receiving the loans? Yeah, so right now we're doing maximum one-year loans. And the reason for that is that uh, not that we are not comfortable doing longer duration loans, but the reason is that we wanted to optimize for uh, capital markets. And we think that the rates to borrow against cryptocurrency are going to come down pretty quickly. We've already seen that a bit on our platform where we started lending at kind of 13% average rates, and that's now come down to below 10% rates. So we don't really think that uh, for borrowers of USD secured by crypto, that it's a good time to lock yourself into something out uh, you know, longer than a one-year term because the prices are going to continue to trend downwards pretty quickly. And you have uh, partnered with Gemini, who act as a custodian for the loans. So tell me a little bit about why you decided to partner with Gemini as opposed to some of the other custodial services. Yeah, so there were uh, a few different reasons why uh, we decided to work with uh, Gemini. One, we felt that from a regulatory perspective, uh, we're based in New York and Gemini's 
set up as a trust company under the New York Department of uh, Financial Services, was a good regulatory construct for a custodian that made a lot of sense for BlockFi. Additionally, they have you know a perfect track record of custodying billions of dollars worth of crypto. They have a very sophisticated cold storage system. And they also recently announced that they have insurance for the crypto assets that are kept in uh, hot wallets at any point in time. So we're really happy with uh, our decision to partner with them. But we are keeping our eye open and, and you know considering diversifying the custody solutions that we're using and also potentially making it so that when people custody their crypto assets anywhere, they're able to access a block by loan. So it might be you know Zappo or, or other places. And we want the ability to get liquidity from BlockFi to be as seamless as possible. And so we'll have other partnerships on the custody side that we'll be announcing in the future. You're currently offering or servicing loans in 44 different states. So in the United States, the lending is regulated on a state level uh, for non-banks like BlockFi. So tell me a little bit about the state level lending licenses that you guys have obtained and how the interest rates that you charge on your loans uh, affects what states you can issue loans in? Uh, yeah, sure. So we're actually active in 46 states now, so almost all of them. Um, and we're starting to work on our first international non-U.S. markets. Canada will probably be the first there that we expand into. But the way regulations work in the U.S. is basically most states have a APR cap, where if you are looking to lend above that cap, then you need a license. If you're below it, in some states, you're able to lend via an exemption. And then in some states like California, it doesn't matter what interest rate you're charging, you need to get a license to lend to, to consumers in that state. So we started the, uh, you know, the process of getting the necessary licenses towards the end of last year. And despite some, you know, long-winded conversations and a lot of education that we've had to do with regulators that slowed us down maybe compared to more traditional lending businesses. Uh, we've been really happy with um, you know how effective we've been at getting licenses in the places where we've needed them. What are the four states that you currently don't have licenses in? You know, I don't even know them off the top of my head, but I think it's Wyoming, Hawaii, Nevada, and one of the Dakotas. Mm, interesting. Okay, so changing topics. Uh, tell me a little bit about your customers. So can you give me a broad overview of the type of customers that you guys have? Sure. So we have uh, both retail and corporate customers. As a general rule, all of our customers are obviously crypto owners that are uh, also bullish on the price, and they're likely to have held the crypto for an extended period of time. And the reason that that's true is that the larger the embedded capital gain you have in an asset, the higher value there is in borrowing against it for liquidity instead of selling. Because by borrowing, you are not triggering a taxable event versus selling, you are triggering a, uh, a taxable event. And we make loans that range anywhere from $2,000 on the, on the low end up to you know, multiple millions of dollars on the high end. So there's kind of a diversity of use cases there. On the lower loan size end of the spectrum, we see a lot of you know, refinancing higher cost debt. So someone owns Bitcoin, but they also carry a balance on their credit cards, which you know, APRs there run generally in the mid 20 percentage point range. So by getting a loan from BlockFi and paying off that debt, they're saving themselves a lot of money. And then as you go up market in terms of loan size, our product is typically used as a wealth management tool. So our clients are using the funds to invest in other 
assets uh, like real estate or stocks and bonds. And then on the corporate side, it's uh, it's primarily used for working capital. So covering operational expenses, which could be things like purchasing hardware, if it's a crypto mining organization, or covering payroll, if it's a company that raised funds via an ICO. Interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the history of BlockFi. So when were you guys founded? And tell me a little bit about uh, the team and how you guys decided to start up the company. Yeah, sure. So the company was founded last summer. Myself and my co-founder, Flory, had uh, known each other and worked together as partners at separate companies in the online lending sector. And now the team is uh, right around 15 people full-time. We do all of our engineering and technical development in-house here in New York City. And we have you know people from traditional banking. So our chief risk officer was previously the managing director of uh, Prime Brokerage at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, financial services, asset management, and fintech companies. So a really diverse and, uh, and strong team. And the idea for BlockFi basically came from some trends that we saw in the online lending sector that we thought would also be true in the crypto market, which is basically that it was a market where banks were not going to start offering their services and participating in the market anytime soon, but it was going to be a very big market. And I had a bit of a personal experience that led me to the light bulb moment, which is I was trying to get a loan from a bank to invest in a a real estate uh, transaction. And I listed Bitcoin and Ether as assets on my financial statement that I submitted to the bank for the loan. And, you know, not only did the bank not value those assets, but they also uh, gave me a, a bit of a hard time during the underwriting and kind of accused me of potentially being involved in some illicit activity. And so that coupled with the fact that we're just in general believers of the crypto ecosystem and you know the value that's being created in all different parts of the sector, uh, we decided to create BlockFi and uh, you know create some products that can help fill the gaps between you know traditional banking services and what's available in the crypto market. So you started the company around a year ago. Uh, congratulations on the growth and the uh, you know the team, and glad to hear that everything's uh, been going well so far. Tell me a little bit about your funding, and did you immediately go and seek uh, seed round funding, or did you uh, uh, wait a little bit first? We waited a little bit, but uh, we started you know working on raising our seed round a few months after starting the company. We raised a seed round of funding in January that was led by Consensus Ventures. And we launched the first product shortly after that. So we launched the product and started making loans in January. And then we crossed a big milestone on the funding side this past summer uh, when we announced that we raised $52.5 million led by Galaxy Digital, which was the first time that there were ever institutional funds raised specifically to go towards lending against crypto assets. So we were really excited to do that. And we'll be making more announcements soon. I think we'll be the first company to raise funds from a traditional bank to fund crypto back loans. And we'll also be you know, raising tr- uh, subsequent rounds of uh, equity capital in the future as well. So we've raised right around 55 million total for the company so far. No, congratulations. Yeah, we had on the podcast yesterday, uh, the CTO of BitGo, which is uh, a custodial service. They just entered the custodial service and they also do uh, wallets and a lot of other services for exchanges. So they also just finished a uh, Series B round, which was led by Galaxy Digital Ventures, the uh, Novogratz fund that also invested in BlockFi. 
Yeah, Galaxy uh, and Goldman invested in BitGo, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, exactly. They had uh, Galaxy and Goldman. Uh, so we had them on the show. So it's just uh, it's funny to have both the folks who had investments from Galaxy Digital on the on the show back to back. It's great to see the validation in the traditional you know, financial services world and traditional banking world with Goldman's investment in BitGo. I think that's uh, you know, a, really, a really positive thing for the entire industry. And the more capital that comes in from traditional financial institutions, you know, ultimately the stronger, in my opinion, the, the industry is and, and more resilient it will be. So as part of the investment with Galaxy Digital, their head of principal investments, Chris Ferraro, joined BlockFi's board of directors. And uh, in a statement, Chris said that BlockFi has differentiated itself in the lending business with capital costs and scale, which will help them raise incremental institutional capital as demands grow. And, uh, you know, he said that BlockFi's risk management lens, regulatory approach and marketing capabilities position the firm to be the market leader in the uh, cryptocurrency lending space. So what did he mean by that? Tell me a little bit about BlockFi's approach to capital costs and scale that sets it apart from some of the under uh, other crypto lenders in the space. Yeah, sure. I mean, basically, the point Chris, I think, was trying to make there is that uh, to have a successful lending business, you need to have a lot of money. And lending is a very commoditized product. And so the cost of that capital for you as the lender is really important because at the end of the day, if you're trying to lend at you know 10% and someone else is lending at 5%, you're not going to get a lot of business lending at 10%. So you need to have you know a lot of capital at a really low cost. And the fact that we you know have had done the work on our platform from a regulatory compliance, uh, risk management, and technological perspective to raise capital in an institutional structure from the tier of firm that Galaxy Digital is kind of has a network effect in terms of us being able to raise additional capital from subsequent institutional investors, uh, which will come at a lower cost. So that's what Chris was alluding to there. So one of the features that you note in your on your website is that it is one of the quickest ways to, to receive uh, a loan. So people seeking loans who come to the site will receive a decision in less than 24 hours. What goes into having a 24-hour turnaround time and making a decision so quickly? Yeah, I think we're actually being a bit uh, a bit conservative there in terms of our marketing. Just you know, for example, today we funded a $200,000 loan, and it was someone that came to our site at uh, and submitted an application around 4:30, and we had dollars in their bank account by five o'clock. So we we can you know go from end to end in uh, in under half an hour now. But what goes into making the decision is uh, is really simple. It's do we know who the person that's applying for the loan is? Can we verify their identity? And can we make sure that they're you know not on any of the different types of uh, sanctions lists that exist out there and that we have to check as part of our KYC and AML compliance programs? If all of those things look okay, then everyone is approved. And if they're coming from a jurisdiction that we can lend in. So the approvals happen really fast. And then uh, once the collateral is received, we fund uh, right now via either bank wire or using Gemini's USD token, GUSD. And so with a bank wire, you know, once we've submitted it, which uh, we do instantly after uh, receiving the collateral from our borrowers, the time for it to hit their bank account is about 15 minutes. And we can 
process those during normal banking hours, so Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. And with GUSD, we can actually fund at the you know, speed of the Ethereum blockchain. So processing loan funding via that channel takes us you know, less than a minute. So you mentioned that you support the new Gemini GUSD stablecoin as a loan funding option. So that means that you know, people receiving loans can then, uh, instead of receiving U.S. dollar, can receive the the stable coin. And then you also support collateral in Litecoin, uh, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. So do you have plans to support other cryptocurrencies for collateralizing the loan? Yeah, we do. So we'll be adding support for Bitcoin Cash before the end of this year. Uh, we'll also likely be adding support for Ripple as collateral sometime over the next uh, three to six months. And we're also supporting on the funding side, USDC, which is the dollar-backed coin from uh, Circle, uh, co-founded by Circle and Coinbase. And we think that those dollar-backed coins are really important funding mechanisms, especially when thinking about the use case for borrowers uh, outside the U.S. So the U.S. dollar-denominated debt market is $11 trillion, and that's companies or governments borrowing U.S. dollars that are not based in the U.S., that market has never been open to retail investors before. And so being able to use GUSD or USDC as a loan funding mechanism to someone, for example, in Argentina, who if we wired money to their bank account, it would get converted from USD into Argentinian pesos is a really, really valuable uh, mechanism, and and we're bullish on the uh, on the adoption of those dollar backed coins in the in the ecosystem. Okay, so the interest rates that you guys charge ranges between ten and thirteen percent or seven percent. You mentioned earlier. So, what are some of the factors that you guys take into consideration when when deciding the interest rate for a loan? Yeah, it's really just loan size and collateral type. So. Larger loans with Bitcoin as collateral are the cheapest right now. Uh, so they're on the lower end of that range. We're not really making Bitcoin loans above a 10% annual rate anymore. So our range for Bitcoin right now is about 8 to 9.5% APR. And the other coins like Ether and Litecoin are still a little bit over 10%, but we think prices will be coming down on those in the future too. So what are the market forces that are pushing that up or down for, for those currencies? Yeah, so it's liquidity and our cost of capital. So as we raise incremental funds to you know, back the loans that we're making, those are almost always at a lower cost than the capital that we had previously. And so as we raise more capital, it's basically you know, a function of the demand from investors in the loans. So that's what, uh, that's what drives it right now. And can you talk a little bit about the growth that you've seen in terms of customers and how, uh, whether that's increased or decreased in the past few months with the, you know, the bear market in the cryptocurrency space and the, the cooling in the space. And how has that affected your clientele and a little bit about just overall your, your company's growth and uh, the number of clients that you guys have been adding each, each uh, week? Yeah, so we don't like it. Uh, we'd prefer, you know, we're we're bullish on the sector and we we like it uh, when prices go up, not down. You know, fortunately for BlockFi as a company, we were bringing a product to market that uh, didn't really exist. And I think we're still in awareness generating phase of, you know, letting participants in this market know that options like this exist and then 
letting them know why BlockFi is a, a good option uh, in terms of a uh, partner to use for these loans. So we've been growing despite the you know downward price trend recently. Uh, so we've doubled on all of our key kind of business metrics month over month for the last four months. So you mentioned in the beginning that you uh, are going to be introducing a suite of products, the first of which is cryptocurrency loans. What are the other products that you have planned? Yeah, so we're planning on uh, releasing unsecured and secured credit cards. So on the unsecured side, it will primarily be available in markets that have strong credit scoring systems like FICO here in the U.S., And it will be an unsecured credit card where users are able to receive cash back in the cryptocurrency of their choice. So instead of getting Amex points, you can, uh, you know, earn Bitcoin cash back. And we think that'll be relevant to not only people that already have an affinity for Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, but also to people who maybe were curious about Bitcoin, but never really crossed the line in terms of uh, deciding to take some of their their money and, and buy Bitcoin. And then secured credit cards will be primarily for you know, emerging markets um, and markets where there's not as strong of a credit scoring system. And the way that will work is very similar to the loans that we're already making, just a different delivery mechanism in terms of how you're able to access and spend the, the capital that we're lending. And, you know, we're also thinking about creating interest bearing kind of deposit like accounts. So being able to take GUSD or USDC, put it on deposit with BlockFi and earn an interest rate. And then further down the road, also paying interest on uh, deposits of cryptocurrency. So on the tech side, what is your development? What are some features and that that you're going to be adding to your your dashboard? I mean, it seems like as a as a lender, your development is uh, not so important from like a. From the perspective of like you have some platforms that are really technology heavy, seems like there's not as much requirement on on like development for your platform. Is that accurate? And tell me a little bit about what your uh, roadmap is for some of the features of your product. So you have like a login where a customer portal can log in and see like the balance of their loan. Tell me what that dashboard is like and some of the development features that you that are coming up. Yeah, sure. So right now that's accurate. I mean, the um, flow is very much something that you would expect to see from similar types of products in different industries. So the application is seamless. The dashboard after you've taken out a loan is uh, is easy to understand and super intuitive. Some of our key initiatives include making the loan origination process fully automated and updating certain parts of the site in terms of language and other things to make it more friendly for uh, non-English speaking or non-US users. And then we're also going to be creating the ability for other platforms to plug in the BlockFi lending functionality to their system. So think of wallets or custodians who might have a user base that's interested in taking out a loan from BlockFi and being able to do that without having the user leave that experience that they're already familiar with on the exchange or, or wallets uh, website. So making it kind of a you know plug-inable feature that can be added to other platforms is something that's uh, kind of top of mind for our tech team right now. So in deal with a partner who would be implementing this like modular system, what type of business arrangement uh, would you be making with them? Uh, So tell me a little bit about what type of incentive each of the parties would have 
to include or integrate some of the functionality from BlockFi onto their respective platforms. So it strikes me that the let's say it's a wallet application that has a few million users who have downloaded their app and use it for storing their cryptocurrency. BlockFi would benefit from you know having that integration on the wallet side. And from the perspective of the wallet company or or the application that's integrating the BlockFi interface, what are some of the benefits for them and, and what type of deal arrangement? Would they get like a fee from any of the loans which come through their platform? Yeah, so, you know, the benefits for them are, are twofold. One, they've got a deeper suite of, uh, you know, functionalities that are available to the users on their platform. And their platform in general would be maybe a little bit... Uh, stickier than if they didn't, um, you know, have BlockFi added to it. And then there's also, you know, compensation scheme that we'll put in place. And we have, we have this up on our site. So it's, you know, publicly available that we have a referral and affiliate program that, um, you know, would also apply to platforms that are integrating BlockFi into their environment. Great. My guest on the show today has been Zach Prince. Zach is the co-founder and CEO of BlockFi. Uh, It was a pleasure having you on to talk to you about your project and here are some of the features and news and we'd love to have you on again in the future to discuss when you have some updates and uh thanks again for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me all right thanks zach i'll talk to you later Thanks for listening to another episode of the bounty zero x podcast please remember to subscribe to our podcast below Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. BountyZeroX does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the BountyZeroX podcast or website.